You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, this is Phil from uh, We Know Nothing with Phil and Nikki. Today's sponsor is Squarespace.com, and that's a website uh, building site that I personally uh, am in the process of building a site with them. And I went through and I checked out kind of all their competitors, and I thought... Squarespace had the, the coolest kind of templates. They're, um, yeah, super, really cool. You can't tell that it's just like a standard template. They're all like beautifully designed and, and really nice. And it's easy. I'm so bad at computers and, uh, and it's super easy with them. It's just like drag and drop stuff. And if you email them, they'll get back to you like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, I was really impressed. And like I said, I'm in the process of doing it. And if I can do it, anybody uh, could do it. Um, so that's squarespace.com. Cool. So if you want to get 10% off, uh, visit squarespace.com and enter the promo code nothing at checkout and you'll get 10% off and you'll be able to build like a super cool uh, website. I swear they're the best online that I've seen by far. Uh, Squarespace.com. Check it out. We know nothing. 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 So give us a call, we'll give it our all Cause if there's one thing we know, it's how to pick up the phone We know nothing, but we'll try Welcome to We Know Nothing. I'm Nikki Glazer. I am joined here not by Phil Hanley. He got the time wrong. So Anya Marina is here with me. Hi. Hey, girl. How's it going? Great to see you in the morning. Great to see you in the afternoon, in the hallways. And great to see you here. <laughs> it's great to see you, too. We took a, a train ride up here. We thought we were, like, getting here on time. Phil is freaking out right now. I'm Because he's very punctual. He's, he's always on time. Well. How did he get the time wrong? Did you read the uh, old text? He's dyslexic and struggles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I Honestly, I probably gave him the wrong time. Oh. I, I'm thinking he's a very organized person, so I apologize to Phil for missing this first part. But... He gets it easy. He gets to come in whenever he wants. And this is going to be a two-parter because we're, um, I'm going out of town for a while. So we're just going to tape a real long one and then break it up. And I hope that that is okay with all of you. And if it's not, well, this is free. So S my D. Deal S with her it. S my D. Um, Anya, what's going on? I feel good, Nikki. Yesterday was tough. It's an up and down struggle. Just living the life of an artist, a musician, yeah. a songwriter. Buy all my albums at onymarino.com. Um, no, things are good. I'm dating, I guess. Uh, I'm writing. Well, how does being an artist affect your dating life? Um, it doesn't. I mean, I'm c the crazy one, I guess, in the relationship. Uh -huh. I'm the more emotional one. Actually, your boyfriend told me that. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, we were having dinner one night. He and I. No. <laughs> I mean, what? All of us were having dinner. You were doing a set at the cellar downstairs in the basement. And while you were doing your set, he was telling me some something very profound. He was like, in every re relationship, there's an emotional one or like more of the artist personality. And mm -hmm. that's you. And your problem. I, I don't think he was saying like what my problem was, but he I think I had asked him, like, what kind of person do you see me with? And he said, someone stable. And I said, why? And he goes, because you're the <laughs> and then he was very kind in saying you're the artist personality instead of like you're the insane one right right because he yeah because i think he made the point that he at one point kind of wanted to be the creative one That's and he right. kind of took the role as more of a producer and he, now he's just he's made himself into like a really organized very 
practical person, which he wasn't always that way, but that's what he's become. And that's why we kind of go well together, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. Like he had had a, a cross. What is that? A crossroads. He came to a crossroads yes. in his life where he could have easily gone the artistic route. And then he just sort of, he said, I consciously made a choice. Yeah. And uh, that that is interesting to me because I don't feel like, I, I mean, I guess I had a choice. Did you ever feel at one point, at one point in your life, you weren't an artist? Right. I mean, I was, I had a nine to five job before. I always felt misplaced in those kind of jobs. But your job was creative. Yeah. You know, I was you like a, a record. DJ. I was, well, before that too, I was in, interspersed in my 10 years of being a DJ on the radio in, in um, San Diego was like this two year period where I worked at a dot com. Yeah, and it was it was kind of soul crushing. And my job I was didn't know really that. What cool. It was mp3.com. Oh, mp3.com? Mm -hmm. I was the radio show like co-producer. Wow. So I put together all these shows and I was like the DJ, I think. I can't remember what I did. But I discovered like n new music and put these shows together and I might have even been a voiceover person, I can't remember. Jeez, it was fun, but I just uh, just showing up every day at nine and then leaving at six was so hard. Yeah, I'm sure that's hard for everyone, though. I'm sure everybody that has that job is like, you know, I didn't. This is no picnic for me either. Yeah, but yeah, when I was a DJ and I was only working five hours from ten to three or whatever it was on the air, um, that's when I got signed, and then I was able to like have the full time artist job. Did you find that when you worked at MP3.com? dot uh, org or whatever you said uh, <laughs> that you um, I worked at a dot org uh, <laughs> in the early 2000s um, I made that no money that you had a uh, you had an easier time meeting people like you I guess we were discussing last night it's really hard to meet people and how do you do it and I'm like well I would I don't I wouldn't have met my boyfriend unless I had a, a nine to five job working on Nikki and Sarah live my show that is now canceled R.I.P. But I wouldn't have met him otherwise, and I don't know how to meet people. I would often meet people that saw me at shows and would like email me later, wanting mm -hmm. to go out. But that they didn't see the real me, and so I would go out with these people who had this like, you know, fantasy of who I was. Like, right. what uh, my jokes aren't like who I am. So it just was like a bad scene. How do you? Um, did you meet more people then? Did you ever date anyone in your office? No, that's a really good question, and I think you're so right about that, that you meet people in in those kind of situations. Um, I don't know. I had a boyfriend at the time, and I who I'm all of my boyfriends have been people that I've met through music, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's not true. My first one was like a, a barista, <laughs> but he was in a band in San Jose. Okay. And I was like, oh, my God, he's so cute. He was my first love and everything, and... Um, yeah, I guess that came from just being social and hanging out. And that I, my sister and I and all my friends, we would hang out, get coffee, smoke cigarettes, and just sit around being general delinquents and like loafing around and reading, like talking about the Burroughs book that we were reading or whatever, and you know, trying to be pretentious and smoke oh. cigarettes between class. What did you learn from that relationship? Did you take away anything from it? I think I, I learned like a lot to think about, about intimacy. About the I went through all my relationships and wrote <laughs> what I learned from each of them. You did? I need to do that. So, like, it was almost like if I my daughter stumbled upon it, which I don't have one, but, like, right. this vision of a daughter that I have in my mind, like, what she could learn, what I learned from each guy. It was almost like I was maybe attempting to put some screenplay together. 
That's of some so sort. Good. You but like should. what you glean from each guy. Like I learned I remember Mark Marin saying one time that he has he learned something from his ex wife where when you get out of the shower you do the thing where you like you uh kind of squeegee yourself. <laughs> You like, you know, when you're washing a window and you at yeah. the end, you like squeegee, like when you get out of the shower, you can eliminate so much water by just squeegeeing yourself, right. just running your hands down your legs. And he was like, I learned that from one of my exes and I wouldn't have known that otherwise. And it's something that I've taken with me. That's great. Throughout my life. Um, and I, I, I like those little takeaways, whether they're trivial or not. I want to think of the trivial ones. That's so much better than like a platitude that I could give you. Like, I right. really learned about intimacy. Right. Um, did you do you do any? Uh, not that about, guy, but anyone. Did I mean, anything I learned about sex, sort yes. of. I feel like my. Se- I, I hope he never listens to this, but I feel like physically, I didn't know what I was like. Even though I was having sex and and I thought I was enjoying sex, something weird happened. Like as soon as that period of my life was over, and I kind of moved on, and I don't know what really changed. I think I. I think I started pursuing my passion. I moved to San Diego and I became a DJ and all of a sudden sex was like a completely different experience. Like I remember it used to always, it didn't feel good. It was like I was doing it and I thought it felt good and I still was like, yeah, achieving orgasm or whatever. Okay. Like the whole experience I remember I was like, this is, this doesn't feel good. Really? Yeah. And you were having orgasms, but you were just like. Yeah. Like it was like. How were they different? I just wasn't enjoy. It just I wasn't as relaxed or something. I wasn't. I don't know. Maybe like maybe you weren't with people who knew what they were doing. I know. I I don't know. I think he probably maybe. May, but mm-hmm. I felt like it was me not really knowing yet ab- about my body and stuff like that. So I don't know. What did I learn? I learned how to smoke cigarettes from him. Well, that's an easy thing to learn. I learned about like this is sort of sad, but not not um taking care like i would i remember drinking lots of coffee and eating chocolate during the day and just trying to go as long as i could without eating and i had never done that before but he that's how he ate and you know how you sort of start eating like your partner yeah you just start behaving like them yeah and i was like i I just remember looking at myself in the mirror one day like in between college classes and i was like watching cable tv that's all we did was watch cable tv and drink coffee and smoke cigarettes and he always had like a dish of hershey's kisses yeah and i was looking at myself in the mirror and i had gotten like really not gaunt but like i had lost a significant amount of weight and i was like whoa yeah i'm just like this girl with a cigarette and hershey's kisses and i was like watching cable tv naked and it was like not a flattering picture necessarily sounds hot i know it sounds french but um Mm -hmm. I just remember looking in the mirror and being like, oh, I'm, I'm an adult, <laughs> which I wasn't. I was unemployed. I was going to school, getting bad grades yeah. and smoking cigarettes and not taking care of myself. But I remember like having this weird realization and even writing it down saying hunger is, and this was like the beginning of my struggles with my eating disorder probably, but like hunger is, I remember writing down hunger just comes in waves and if you can... If you can make it through the wave of intense hunger, you're fine. Because I had never before done that. Like, when I was hungry, I would find food, you know? Right, like, like you're supposed to do. Yeah, and, like, in that relationship and with cigarettes and, and chocolate and, and all these, like, appetite suppressants, I was like, oh, there's another side. On the other side of hunger is no hunger. It's weird. Like, if you make it through that horrible oh. feeling, 
Like you're actually not hungry. There's a period after intense hunger where if you don't satiate it, you're not hungry anymore. Is that true? I felt that. Yeah. Ugh. I don't feel that anymore. But there, don't you like if you make it through a period of intense hunger all, and you're smoking. Remember smoking? Yeah, I do remember smoking. Yeah. It yeah, was, you're right. It, it was not a healthy time. And people fast all the time. And I'm like, how do you do that? And they, they get to a point where they're like, I'm just not hungry. Like. You, you, people can fast and they are able to because they do reach that point, I think. Yeah. And I just want to qualify, like, I have come so far from this and this, this is not a period of my life I romanticize anymore. And, and you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And definitely don't do that. And, um, and it comes to an end in a harsh way. But, um, yeah, I think that's what I learned. And I also learned that pesto pizza, it was an incredible thing. He introduced me to pesto pizza yeah. it's all food related oh <laughs> i know i mean i think you learned things like that like the one thing i got from dating the rapper who wrote a song about me that really hurt my feelings and it ended terribly and i don't even talk to him anymore he's one of the only people i don't talk to in my past um this he, is a true story by the way if you're tuning in it just sounds so funny yeah that you dated a rapper i dated a white rapper who <laughs> was very talented and i was attracted to him for his talent and he was good looking and everything but he um he and we broke up and then he ended up writing a really mean rap song about me and i haven't talked to him since but um he we would always go get tie together because he was vegan too and um he she said with hate in her eyes i know trying to be nice about this i'm trying to be the bigger person i'm like changing my tune usually when i talk about them it's with such uh-huh. vitriol is that the word ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. um but he he introduced me to my like favorite food which is the papaya salad which i had always avoided mm. on the thai menu i thought oh that sounds like a fruity salad but it's not green papaya is like a vegetable it is and i've it's never so had it. delicious green papaya is not a vegetable it's probably a fruit, but it doesn't. It's not sugary. It's oh, not like you're okay. eating a, a shredded papaya. It's so delicious, and I really nice. recommend it. I never would have tried it if it wasn't for him. And it's Is almost it like it was worth it because it's like my favorite food. Mm-mm. It's not sweet at all. No, it's not sweet. I've never known that. I'm gonna try it. It's so good. You'll love it. You really will. It was a, a surprise to me. So, um, thank you for that, wrapper. Mm-hmm. And um, physically, did you learn anything from that, or like sexually from I- the wrapper? Um, Every relationship should have like something that you learn food wise, something you learn sexually and something you learn emotionally. Sexually, I don't. And maybe creatively, too. Honestly, I don't really remember the sex all that much. And it wasn't because it was bad. It was more because you were drunk. I was drunk, but that we had sober sex, too. I just I don't I, I really think I compartmentalize sex. Like, I really think. I am not present for it a lot of times, or at least I wasn't at this time. So I just can't remember specifics. Like we had tons of sex and I don't really remember any of it. I remember the first time we had sex, it was at Lollapalooza and we were like meeting up for the first time after like deciding we were going to date. And then we had sex like in the daylight in this hotel room. And it was, I remember being afterwards like, whew, that's over with. Like, yeah. you know, like it was good, but I was just like, okay, we're done with that. Now we're like, just we like the to- kiss in Annie Hall. Yeah. Where he's like, let's just get it over with. Yeah. I actually took a guy on a first date to see Annie Hall and uh, like we had been hanging out and it was like our first official like, okay, we're like dating now. Like we're, this might be something. And then we went and saw Annie Hall and I was like, when are we going to kiss? When are we going to kiss? So that scene happened where they're like, let's just get it over with now. So it's not awkward. Yeah. 
and we're sitting at the movie and the movie ends and we're, he's like, do you want to go get something to eat? And I was like, why don't we just kiss right now to get it over with? And he was like, that's awesome. And then it's a perfect first date movie. It is. Because then you, that good opens move, the discussion. Liza. Good move. It is a good move. Uh, but yeah. And what else? What other things have we learned? I think this is an interesting topic. I, that boyfriend was my first entry into music because when I was dating him, I made a secret demo tape of with singing his songs. Yeah. And a band, like a local band had heard them and then they asked me to be their singer. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna, I can't be a singer in a band. And they're like, well, we heard the tapes that you did with Andrew. So we want you to try being our singer. So I was a singer in their band. He just helped, he gave me my first guitar ever, which I ended wow. up taking to San Diego. I don't understand how someone like you with the voice that you have, like last night we were in a cab and we were thinking about that Fiona Apple song that we mm. both love and we started singing it and your voice is so good. It is just one of those, you know, where you can't like just fake like sing along like a normal person. Like it just sounds perfect coming out. Your whole life must have been people saying, you have a great voice. You have no, great... Really? Not at all. It was always like, your voice is... I think... I don't Did know. You learn I just got sing? a comment on Vine the other day where somebody was like... Certain people react to my voice in a really negative way. Like, he was like, you're... Like, something's wrong with your voice. I hate it. And I was like, I, I have demons. I'm possessed by demons. And he was like, it will stop because I don't like it. So some it's people like really... Re this, yeah. and it's it it's like, you just have a way of... By the way, but you that's nailed the worst. every note of that song, and Paper Bag by Fiona is a really tough song to nail. Thank you. you I sang it, it alone by myself so many times. Girls, if you haven't heard the song Paper Bag, okay. and I'm talking <laughs> to girls with like eating disorder histories <laughs> and problems with men, that song was that written was for that. us, and th that's why you love it and you didn't know. I related to it because I was dating somebody that, just felt like a, the whole relationship felt completely hopeless. And I love the first line of that where she's, d or the first stanza where I was she's staring just at the sun, just looking for a star to pray on or wish on or something like that. There you go again. You're like, a sweet fix of a daydream of a boy who reality I knew was a hopeless to be had. But then, okay, we can't sing this. But then the, uh, pretty much the she's like, fee. Oh, yeah. So listen to that song. It's a great song. But she Paper talks bag about by how she swears she sees this dove of hope falling or flying toward her. And then she realizes it was just a paper bag. And for some reason, that that's one of those moments in life where you're just like, fuck. Yes. Yes. Like it spoke to me so much. Yeah. I was going through a really hard time. Music is great. It really <laughs> is. And that song particularly, particularly was gr with the, the Annie Hall guy that I kissed in that movie theater. He was like, there's a there's a lyric in there that's like, I'm a mess that he doesn't want to clean up. I've got to fold because these hands are too shaky to hold. And it's, it's, it's a, cause I know I'm a mess. He don't want to clean up. And I was like, yeah, I'm a mess. And someone will want to be with me as a mess, but he doesn't want anything to do with me. And mm -hmm. I like, it was a very, I always sang that song when I, and thought about, I was Annie listening Hall to that guy. song a lot during yeah. that time. It's weird how you like certain songs, like the guy has no idea I'm like listening to it <laughs> on repeat. Like right. that Rihanna Eminem song that's like, just gonna stand there and watch me burn. That like abuse song. Right. I used to listen to that all the time with like one ex-boyfriend and it was like, cause he was so mean to me. 
And I, I used to romanticize it though. Do you like, remember I the like, Fiona song uh, about like he doesn't give a shit about me or he doesn't he don't give a shit about me? It's on that same no album. Yeah, it's on the the when the pawn. Oh yeah, it, that sounds like that. It's it's um. Uh, yeah, music is great. It's that's why it's better than comedy sometimes. That'll be the title of this podcast. Music is better. Great. Music is great. Period. Yeah, write that down. We know nothing. Uh, hey everybody, uh, this is Phil from uh, We Know Nothing with Phil and Nikki. Today's sponsor is Squarespace.com, and that's a website uh, building site that I personally uh, am in the process of building a site with them. And I went through and I checked out kind of all their competitors and I thought Squarespace had the, the coolest kind of templates. They're, um, yeah, super, really cool. You can't tell that it's just like a standard template. They're all like beautifully designed and, and really nice. And it's easy. I'm so bad at computers and, uh, and it's super easy with them. It's just like drag and drop stuff. And if you email them, they'll get back to you like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, I was really impressed, and like I said, I'm in the process of doing it, and if I can do it, anybody uh, could do it. Um, so that's squarespace.com. Cool. So if you want to get 10% off, uh, visit squarespace.com and enter the promo code NOTHING at checkout, and you'll get 10% off, and you'll be able to build like a super cool uh, website. I swear, they're the best online that I've seen by far. Uh, squarespace.com. Check it out. Yeah. We know nothing. Okay, this was my I was gonna I got a great idea to ask you about something. Okay, what? Tell us the story of you being on the Howard Stern show because oh. it is riveting. It is? It's great. Okay, and, and the whole thing with your boyfriend bringing him like That I, was Andrew, the one that that's I talked awesome. about. Okay, I had a feeling it was. So Anya the other day, about a month ago, texted me hey, here's some videos that I found of me on the Howard Stern show. And it's like her in studio with Howard Stern, two videos where she's, and I was just baffled. I was like, what is this? I've never heard of this before. And uh, so tell us, tell us how this happened. So I was hanging out with Andrew all the time, dating him in the middle of like a six year relation at the end of a six year relationship with him. And like finishing up college, I had done college radio, had fallen in love with being a radio show host, was doing like tons of college radio. Um, actually, not tons, like a weekly show, but it was my life. Like I had become obsessed with yeah. it. I, I was one of those DJs that had gotten into it to perform, not play music. So all the other DJs at KSC, which is a great station that still exists in the Bay Area and you should listen to it. Um, they uh, they were all like into pavement and Papas Fritas and all these cool bands and like cursive or whoever, like all these great like indie rock bands. Yeah. And uh, I knew nothing about that because I grew up with like a Russian mom who was only listening to like Barbra Streisand and Russian folk music and then a jazz dad who was only playing like Miles Davis. Jazz dad. <laughs> yeah. That is a sitcom I want to watch. <laughs> jazz dad. Yeah. So long story short, when I graduated <laughs> from college, they said do you want money for a trip to Europe or whatever you want to do we'll give you money for this like graduation trip and I said all I want to do is go to New York and meet Howard Stern and and like meet my idol because I was studying his show all the time this is before he went to Sirius and um, so I could listen to it yeah free every day 
and I would just listen to the entire show and take notes, and then I would mimic everything he did, just like all the people he would make fun of. And I was just basically like trying to be Howard Stern. Can you give an example of how you would mimic him? I would him? just be like, today on, you know, my show is called The Void, um, and I would have this male sidekick, Clem, who was great, and he was my best friend at the time. And I and we'd talk about like circumcision for the whole the sh- whole show, and then we'd take calls and like ask people like, were you circumcised or were you not? And do you regret it? And do you oh you weren't circumcised? Do you think you'll ever be circum? Do you think you'll choose it later? Like what are the pros and cons? So we'd just have like yeah topics that were slightly salacious and fun, and that was it was just a talk show. Right. And periodically, the r- station would be like, can you play music at yeah. all? So um, I call. I was listening to the show once, and then he had this. He made a comment once about Fred having an au pair, and he was like, "I need to get an au pair." And for some reason, I like clicked onto that and was like, "I'm gonna be. I'm gonna call up and try to be Howard Stern's au pair." And I called, and like it went through immediately. I stayed up all night because I was in California, and um, I I don't know. I got through. He, they picked up. I was on the show. We hit it off. He was like, "Get down here," and I was like, "I'm in California." I like I the fact that the, when you were telling me a story, you were talking to Gary. Was it? Mm-hmm. Who, he picked up the phone, and you got right on. And you're like, "I'm gonna be. I want to be Howard's au pair." And they're like, "What are you talking about?" Like they didn't remember the bit that you remember. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I and told you're you that. like. You're like, I'm going to be his au pair. And they're like, wait, hold on a second. You were on hold for like a really long time. Forever, forever, for like hours. And then they came back and they're like, are you hot? (laughs) Oh, yeah. What? Like, how big are your tits? And I was like, I don't know, like 32C. Okay, she's a C. I don't know. So that is so And then I finally got on and then he, we just had a conversation. I taped it. I still have the tape somewhere. And then he he was like, well... On the phone, you got on. Yeah. Yeah, I got on, and we talked about it, and he was like, I would love you to be my au pair. You know, how old are you? Oh, college girl from California. Great. Get down here. Let's see you. And then I got really nervous, because I was like, I could... I was sort of full, full of myself enough at the time to know, like, I'm going to succeed in this business, and I do not... I definitely don't want to go and, like, take off my clothes like all the girls are doing or whatever. Like, I, in my mind at the time, I was like, I'm going to be a famous DJ or like a famous person in some yeah. way. So I and can't. I don't want to ruin this. I used to do that about, I didn't want to be on the real world. I wanted to be on the real uh, world, but I didn't because I was like, I, I know I'm capable of more right. than that. But that would, that seems like such an entry level thing, but you can also really embarrass yourself. So yeah, glad I never did it, but go on. Not that I would have. I kind of, yeah. So anyway, I went, I, I used the money for, oh, I, t- you know, I talked to them and he was like, if you can get yourself down here, well, we'd love to have you on the show. I'll interview you. I'll interview you as my au pair. And, um, it was obviously a joke, you know, off the air. We talked about it or I talked about it with Gary and he was like, yeah, see if you can fly out here, we'll schedule you. And then they scheduled me for the show and it, I flew out with Andrew and it was like my graduation gift to myself or my parents' gift to me. They thought I was insane. They were like, you'd rather do this than go to Amsterdam or whatever. And um, it was my life's dream. Like, I, yeah. it really was. Just being on the show. And um, I did was like your make-a-wish. I didn't take off my clothes. At one point, he did ask me what kind of exercise I do. And um, I lift. he was like, do you have a flat stomach? And I remember I lifted up my dress, which I obsessed about later for, for years. And I was I'm like, sure. I can't believe I did that. Um I was wearing like Doc Martens in a sundress. It was the yeah, 90s. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, they used to air that episode all the time, the au pair episode. So I would get texts like constantly, like tw- 
three or four times a year like oh my god you're on the e-show you're on the stern show and and but the funny thing is i used to that was the best show ever i used to watch it all the time the e-show yeah it was on e yeah and I remember that episode and I remember sitting, I remember exactly where I was sitting when I was watching that episode and being like, this show's the great, like, I remember you. And it was crazy to me when you sent those videos because I was like, this is so familiar. Has she shown me this before? And you, like, if someone would have been like, hey, that's going to be your roommate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when I was like in sixth grade or whatever it was, oh sorry to age yeah. you. That's all right. But um, that would have been insane. By the way, you look, and I've shared the video with like a couple friends of ours, like mm -hmm. Ryan and I think just Ryan, but uh, and and my boyfriend, and you look exactly the same. Oh, thanks, girl. Exactly the same, and it was a long time. I mean, it was the '90s. It was a long time ago, and it's insane how much you haven't aged. So I'm just gonna say that. But also, um, I really liked your story about what he was like off air. I was just thinking okay. that, yeah, like, oh, so I I come on the show. His I was so so nervous, and it's so funny, like how hard you can be on yourself because I was terrified. That he was going to rate me. And back then, Howard was like a rate, way more. Rate. Yeah, rate. R-A-T-E. He was more, like, a little more chauvinistic. And the show was, like, it leaned more, I don't know, just, like, kind of lame with strippers constant. I don't know how it is now, but it seems like he's he's grown up a lot more. This yeah. was, like, in the beginning of his therapy. Like, he had just started therapy mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I was like, but that was what gonna, the '90s were. Like that's what people wanted. Yeah, it, it was fake the tits. yeah, it was the it was the that was the zeitgeist. That's true. But I was nervous that he was gonna be like, "You're like a six. Yeah, I was and terrified. And right away he was like, "Look at this hot girl." So it was like it was really sweet. Yeah. I felt relieved, and um, we had this great rapport. I just remember feeling really comfortable in there and and confident and and um, and then in between sets or whatever in between the breaks like during during the commercial break he was so different he was and i had heard that from the guests on the show they'd always be like you're so sweet off the air or whatever yeah he was not just sweet he was so shy he seemed like one of those guys that you see at a party that's in the corner that's terrified to talk to you anybody said he was like eating a bowl of oatmeal or something yeah i remember he had this bowl of oatmeal and he was standing and he was trying to like desperately trying to be seem normal yeah that's what it looked like and he was like shifting from one foot to the <laughs> next and like eating his oatmeal and, and i just remember he was like so are you having fun in new york like really nervously yeah. kind of trying to make conversation and then i remember being in the role of like the one that was comforting him yeah like making him feel yeah like, and I was this like, like conversation's yeah, okay it's good it's good i really yeah. like it how about uh, how long have you lived in long island or whatever right and um on long island thank you and um, after the show was over, he brought out my boyfriend and oh, kind of yeah. ridiculed him. Which was no, this is the part so I wanted to sad. get to. It's like the worst part. It's the worst. He brought. He was like, like your, who's boyfriend your boyfriend of six years. Yeah, who I loved so much, and it was so sweet. And so he's there. You bring a, him out. He's a huge Stern fan. Huge. Stern brings him out and immediately just starts eviscerating his looks. Tells him he looks. Was like Artie Charles Lang Manson. here at the time? No. Okay. No. And um, he tells him he looks like Charles Manson. <laughs> Which suddenly you were like, yeah, I see it. Like, weren't you, did, didn't he? I was like, he's beautiful. What are you talking about? I don't remember if I agreed with that. But he was yeah. so mean. And he just kept harping on it. Maybe it wasn't that long. It seemed like an eternity. Didn't he, like, he, he was, make fun of his smile? And yeah, stuff? he yeah. was just, like, horrible uh, to him. Uh, for, yeah, and then, I, then the show was all of a sudden over. 
And I was like, it's okay. Andrew was devastated. He like went into a depression after that for the That's week we were in New York. And, um, yeah, you were like walking on sunshine. And I was like, but what about me? And yeah. Was. Oh my God. But no, I just remember after that, he Stern like gave me a hug, said goodbye. And then he was like, Hey, listen, you, you're a natural. Keep with this. You should be on the air full time. Like you should definitely pursue this. And I remember that was like the the golden ticket or whatever. Yeah. And like, I just went home and and that's when my career started. Like my ten year radio career. That's so cool. I felt like he bestowed something upon me. That's like, really neat. It was cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I ever had anyone say like that's so important. I try to if I see not that like my word is like Stearns or anything, but if I see young comics that like open for me and they really are like they have something, I try to take them aside and be like don't stop doing this because not that they would, but it's so good to hear that when you're at that age where you're like, am I, is this the right choice I'm making? And like sometimes that you just need to shake and be like, yes, keep doing what you're doing. It's all going to pay off. And I really, I love doing that because it, it does go a long way. It probably led you to where you are it today. Did. I mean, I, the That's fact I that like, I still remember him just saying you're a natural like that. It was like in slow mo like, you're natural. Oh, like that's it was the in best my mind. Thing ever. Just burned in hear. there. Like yeah. I am. Like when I, whenever I would have doubt or whatever, I'd be like, "Well, there was that moment." Yeah. Where he, like, just to have someone see you, mm -hmm. like really see a part of you. Yeah. That's so important. I remember I took a comedy class, and the teacher, who is the booker of the Funny Bone in St. Louis, Matt Barons, he. I definitely revered him. I still revere him, but at the time I was just like, he was just like this, he was our teacher in the class, but he's also a booker. He used to do stand up, but doesn't anymore, but a very funny guy, had his gr a great sense of humor and knows what's funny. And he, our first class, I like, I had written a joke that was in my first act, which I had done prior to taking the class. I'd only done one set. And I did a joke that was like, um, I don't, I don't think I'm ready to get pregnant. I just don't think I'm mature enough to handle an abortion. And he was like, <laughs> that's the greatest joke I've ever heard. Like he Aww. said that it was a great, and it's, you know, it's a pretty good joke for that, for my level. Like, I mean, I was just trying to be Sarah Silverman, but like, that's a pretty decent joke. Yeah. And, um, and I just remember him saying that, that like, and I, and I knew like, if I'm able to write a joke that this guy who's seen a lot of stuff is really impressed by, like right. maybe this is what I should be doing. It's like little things like that. So, and, it, and this just goes for everyone. Like when you see something that is where you can be of an encouragement, just say it. Don't hold it back. Like if you see a girl with a nice jacket that you like, tell her it's nice. It yeah. will make her day. And sometimes they're bitches about it. Like if I'm like, I like your purse. And they're just like, I know. Like, you know, they're, they're like, yeah, that's why I'm wearing it. It's like great. And I'm more stylish than you. And like sometimes I'll be wearing a really disgusting outfit and I comment on someone's thing and I can tell that they're like, oh, she likes it. Then this, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. But um, I just think we all need to be uh, more encouraging of each other and just not hold back the nice things that we want to say. Yeah. All the time. I'm down with, with that. Be it's, warmer. Be more generous with your love. Yeah. Um, Except that I recoiled at to the, the woman on the train on the way here. That was fucking bizarre. There was just like this Asian woman with a big cart, you know, very stereotypical. Um, 
I mean, a bunch of plastic bags in this cart, and she was just like kind of loud. And also, it was not stereotypical because she was a giant Asian. She was like she six was a feet giant tall. woman. She was a big, big Asian and and big personality. Like just was like loud. She was by herself, but you were questioning whether she was with everyone around her. She was talking to everyone as if they were family members. Yeah, like and anyone so she, would get on the train so and be like, cr- "Your next stop is your next stop." Yeah, FYI. <laughs> it was crazy, and she's across. She didn't seem crazy. She just seemed like that's who she was. Yeah. She was across from us, which you do not. Maybe you talk to the person next to you, but you never talk to the person across from you. Because there's a good and she three just goes, and a half, four you, feet. Uh, can I have gum? Can I have gum? And I'm like holding a pack of gum. And I'm like, I looked at her like, oh, does she want me to get up for someone? Like, I thought she was telling me to get up because there was an old person or something. And so I like was thinking about getting up. And then I realized she was wanting gum. And I, I laughed. Did you see me go? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Like I kind of enjoyed her. She was just like, that's, yeah. I want that. And that's a thing that you can give out to people. Yeah. You give were me just, some. Nikki was just holding a packet of gum on her knee. And, and the, it seemed like the second her eyes fell on that packet of gum, it was like the next thing out of her mouth was going to be a, a request, and you know, a demand. If I realize if I'm holding something and it is readily available for me to give to people, I will give it to them. I would, I got um, change at the store the other day. Like I went to a bodega, gave him a 10, had a bunch of change in my hand and I was walking and there was this woman that just came up to me and, and she didn't look homeless, but she was like, can I get a dollar for the bus? And I was just like, yeah, here you go. Like <laughs> it was just in my, because I didn't have to go to my bag. There this was no excuse. what I love about New York. It feels like because we're all shoved into this tiny space together, yeah. it's like you all automatically have five million new family members or however many, how many people live here? Who cares? Oh, it's like 11 million or something. 12, John? I think it's yeah. like 11 or 12. So it's she insane. was just like, it's like we're we're the family. We're in a family. So you have gum. Let me have a piece. I love that familiarity. Yeah. Like I, something happened to me the other day <laughs> on the street that would never happen in any other city. There was an old man shuffling in front of me and he was trying to get his, this is a few months ago when mm-hmm. it was raining. He was trying to get his raincoat on and he was way off base, like where he was trying to put his left hand behind him into the coat was like a good oh, when you see five inches yeah. away from the hole. And he was hunched over like the hunchback of Notre Dame and mm-hmm. his neck was like jutting out like a goose. Yeah. And he was having trouble and he's like shuffling along in the rain trying to get this coat on and his poor little handy was just like, uh, uh, like So you shooting. just walked by him. I walked <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, moving on. No! I'm just kidding. <laughs> I walked up to him and without even asking if I could touch him I was just like, here, and I just put it on him, and he was like, thanks. And that's a weird thing to do. Yeah, to just to, stranger. like, uh, take it upon yourself. To dress to someone? Just, yeah, uh, but, yeah, God, old people in the city, you're just like, how do you do it? Why are you here? I know. Why are you here? It's so hard to, like, be, stand upright. Like, uh, I, I'm I know. a person who can walk with both legs. I'm very mobile. And then there are people that are hunched over these carts, just their right angles. Their bodies are perfect right angles. I know. And they walking have, along. They probably have really cheap rent in the village because they've oh, been there forever. It's amazing that they are able to do it. It's 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 really impressive to me. You even on the way here, you were a good Samaritan. I think you're just a a nicer person than most New Yorkers. What did I do? The woman who fell getting on the bus. That was last night. I did was that nothing. last night. That or today? was 45 minutes ago. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is. Cr- I you're not present during sex or or in bus accidents. <laughs> yeah, we were walking by a bus that stop and this horrible. woman ran onto the bus and she tripped and like just face planted <laughs> into the bus. <laughs> like she fell into the bus. like she made it. She was in, but she was like 
flat. She fell onto and the Anya, top And Anya like, stair. Anya like rushed over like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was just like already 10 steps ahead. Like, <laughs> l- look at this guy with his crop top. Tell like, there was a story a- about my bloody nose. Oh yeah. I am, this is a problem in my life. A repeated, <laughs> a repetitive problem that um, I, and my boyfriend called me on it last week. And this is, we can get into like relationships here. I, um, I can be really dismissive of people and because I'm so in my own head that I don't hear what people are saying and I just, I want to do what I want to do and I like, it's called, we've coined it, my, my, I hate calling him my boyfriend. This is another thing I want to talk about. I hate the word boyfriend. Just it say sounds Todd. Like just say boyfriend. Todd. Boyfriend. Todd? Yeah. That's not his name. I know. Oh, <laughs> good one. I'm dating Todd Barry. Um, but, uh. Hey, Nikki. So my partner, my life partner, uh, he said like to me, um, but then it sounds like I'm gay. Just say my S.O. My S.O., my significant <laughs> of. Um, he Sigot. Ooh, that's better. Sigot. No, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Sigo. My bae. My, my bae. That, that's good. Okay. I so hate my that. My bae. Bae. Just say my meh. <laughs> my, no. Just go, I like my boo. My boo. My, my man. Yeah. That sounds, no, no, it's so possessive. Yeah. How about my friend who I have intercourse with? My friend who I am committed to (laughs) and who I have intercourse with said to me, um, you know, he was like being weird one weekend and it finally got it out of him that I was being dismissive of him. And he was like, you, you marginalize me sometimes by the way you, and he's coined the phrase glazer exit, which is. Um, let's do let's do a uh, role play. Okay, who uh, am I? You're Todd? you. Okay. Um, and I, let's say I have to go do a set. Okay. 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 So I'm I have to go do a set. How how was your day? It was good. I went to yoga. Okay. Bye. Then, bye. <laughs> that I just if I get it in my head that I have to leave, like I don't say goodbye. Like I say goodbye, but it's like. I say goodbye and then I'm out and I'm gone and you don't even know what just happened. Like I kind of, it's like a car accident. Like I, and I don't know that I'm doing it. This is the first time in my life that I've been called on it. I've always been told that I was very spastic and herky jerky and like very, like people have always said, you're like so rough and you're so like, and Glazer Exit is a great term for me because I just like leave. When I want to leave, I'm leaving. And it's not because I'm like nervous. So Maybe you do is. say goodbye though. Yeah, I say goodbye, but I just so it's different just from like, like a French bye. exit where they just leave and they don't say yeah that. Irish goodbye or whatever. Yeah, I I say goodbye, but I just I, I so one day we were in the apartment. This was early on in our friendship, and your nose was like bleeding badly. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. And then at one, I was getting ready to leave, and you go, "Oh my God!" Like something big came out. Like it was like a big mass of blood. Yeah, and I like was you had an abortion through your nose. I said that. Yeah, it looked like a small abortion fell and, fell out of my nose. And uh, it and I got and you go, like, "Oh my God!" I'm really scared. And I was like, "Okay, um, oh that sucks." Bye. And then yeah. the door slammed. And you told that story later on stage when I went to see your show. And I was like. I did that to you and I didn't even know it. Oh. That was a really shitty thing of me to do. That's how I got it across to you. I told it on stage. That yeah. was sort of shitty of me. Yeah, you passive aggressive whore. Um, hey, Phil. Phil's here. <laughs> Phil Hanley, everybody. For the second Hi. half. Hi, Let's everyone. start it over here. This is um, a good break time. S- yeah, that's a perfect break. So we'll end on whore.